Time Draft Podcast back again after a Daytona 500 that was full of commercials. Oh my gosh! Oh no! no. Okay, so we we'll, we're gonna talk about that. I saw a statistic. I need to try and find it on my phone. I have it right here. The one where the one that says actually, believe it or not, the percentages of the commercials for this year versus yes. 2021, even tw- 2001. Uh, pardon me. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. 2021 compared to 2010 compared to this year. Insanity. Straight insanity. You would think. Oh, it's got to be at least half half the race, no? And you got to figure it was still a higher commercial content with the extra laps. Not only were there less green laps or green flag laps in this race compared to 2001 or whatever that that stat was. Yep. Not not only that, but also the amount of laps that were run, as you mentioned, were the most ever in a Daytona 500, and it still did not eclipse that mark. And I don't know if they... Did they count the side-by-side as commercial breaks? I, I mean, I, I don't know how that factors in, because there was... So, when you break it down, I, I honestly had no idea, like, this was a, a hot topic for you. I was just completely being a, a smarmy... That was the main fan observation, I think, on social media, was like, oh my gosh, they're two laps in, here we go... No, that first first thing I said, like lap five. Okay, we're gonna take a break. I I, I turned to my wife and said, "Here here we go again. We're back at it. Na- See, NASCAR is." Back. I didn't get to watch it live. I didn't get to watch it live. I had obligations on Sunday, but I was I'm in a text thread with a bunch of other buddies, and it, it was it was probably about four o'clock or so. And one of the one of my buddies texts in the the group chat. So how's everybody liking the commercial 500? I'm like, oh my goodness, is that bad? Makes me so happy. I DVR the thing. Here we go again. Yep. If you compare commercial breaks, 2001, there were a total of 19 commercial breaks. 2010, there were a total of 20 commercial breaks. This year, 23 commercial breaks during the Daytona 500. So more commercial breaks. However, well, here's here's what's interesting: the laps that we missed because of commercial breaks in 2021. We missed 75 laps of racing. In 2010, we missed only 68 laps of racing. But mind you, the Daytona 500 is only scheduled as 200 laps. 78 laps of racing we missed because of commercial breaks. You missed almost half the race. Yeah. Almost half of the race, you were watching commercials. You were watching progressive commercials. Oh, my gosh. You were watching Auto Trader commercials. Advance. Advance Auto Parts. The percentage of the Daytona 500 this year that went under green during commercials, 29% of the race. You missed 29% of the racing action because of commercials. It seemed like a whole lot more. Now, I will tell you this much. In 2021, 35.5% of the race was missed. Because of commercials. If you also look at 2021, three green flag or three yellow flags. Three yellow flags in 2021. You look at this year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight yellow flags. A majority of them. But still. From st- from the end of stage two on. Well, yeah. that that's the thing. You had three yellow flags in overtime. In overtime. Plus the one before stage two end, then the one that stage two ended. So the pace was going the pace was going pretty good through the first stage. 
and going into the second one. I mean, th thing, things were rolling pretty good. Then we got a little uh, chaotic at the end. But, yeah, I, I think, and it's it's not, I, I understand the fact that they need to run commercials. I get that. But, and, it, and the same thing goes with NBC. This is not just a Fox thing. It's the, I guess the overall reaction and feedback is too many commercials. Oh, my gosh, we're going to another commercial break. Why are we doing this? You know, that's the response that we're getting as opposed to, oh, yeah, it's just part of the race and we move on from there. It's There is talk about the action, but there's also talk about the commercials. I remember, uh, God bless Mike Joy, but in the final stage, he said, one more time, we're going to take you side by side with like 30 to go. Ten laps later, okay, one final time, we're going to take you side by side. It's like, Mike, stop telling us final time. Just, just say we're going side by side and end it. Don't give us the hope that it's the final one. Yeah. All right. He said this is the final time twice. And uh, it's, as I said, it's not, I mean, it, it's not a problem, evidently, based on the percentages. However, the conversation being about the commercials during the race, as opposed to it being about the race itself, is you're not able to really change it, but I think it's kind of concerning. It's almost like the way that people are arguing or about the NFL being rigged. The NFL's not rigged, but the fact that the conversation is about that Sure. as opposed to the action, is a little bit of a problem. You know you're going to have two stage breaks. Build the commercials around there. Caution, then, well, flag, you know, caution flags. Forget giving us pit road stuff. Re Do a recap video of pit road. Run as many commercials as possible in a caution break. Why does it seem like these stage breaks are so incredibly long? They are. It seems like they, from, and I don't remember. They're not having a clear wreck in turn two. <laughs> I don't remember how many laps it was, but I remember when going to Atlanta last year, the stage ended, and it seemed like even the beginning of the race, they're doing the pace laps, and then it's like, all right, we're, the, the lights are out on the pace car, but everybody comes down pit road to check pit road speed. Like, do we really need to do this again? Like, I get the whole COVID thing, but do we really? Right. With practice, we do not need to check pit road speed. Back in the day, you used to get three laps and go. Yeah. Like, like what? I mean, and there's not. That's why they put two pace cards out, pace cars, out on the track. You got your your field leader, and then you got your mid pack leader. Check your speed, fall in line, throw the green flag. Let's roll. Yeah. It's about the racing. It's not about. It's not. It's not about the show as much. This is not Formula One. You know, it's. Even Formula One has got their stuff together. Yeah, because they go commercial free. And I well, and this is the thing. If and I, I I don't know if this actually is would happen, but if they do go to a streaming service like Netflix or Amazon or whoever, I wonder if since they're partnered directly with them, if there would be less commercials. I doubt it. I doubt it. Look at Thursday night football. At least you put Look side at by Thursday side. night football on, on yeah. Amazon Prime. Go go side by side. Every turnover, you know? there's still a stoppage of play. There's still a set of commercials. You're still having to wait for them to come back. And and Al Michaels welcoming you back to wherever the hell they're playing that week. Yeah. You're going to get the same thing on Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu or Tubi or whatever it is you're watching the race on on, on the streaming service. I'd rather them go side by side the entire time, even though we still – because part of – Daytona especially, if there's a big wreck and it seems to always happen that way when they go to break, there, there there's a caution of some kind, whether it be side-by-side side or not, 
you're hearing a commercial instead of, oh, there's a wreck in turn four. Like, this guy's involved. There's not the commentary. Then when they come back, well, as you saw during side-by-side, there was an accident. Like, it, it, you don't get, you know, the, the whole— I was in Daytona when one of those happened. It was, it was funny because I had one of those poli- handheld police scanners. Yeah. Pulled it out and was just toying around and picked up the Fox, bo- uh, Fox TV booth. And you could hear him calling out cameras and setting things up. And they had just gone to a commercial, and you just hear the producers and the directors all start yelling on the cameras, oh, we missed it. There it is. Coming back. Coming back from break. You're going live. Three, two, one. And you could hear everything coming together, but that was before they had all the side-by-side. But, yes, I, I missed that aspect. You're it's, trying to figure out what just happened. Yeah. And it's even gotten so bad where if it's early enough in the commercial break, if it's early enough in the side-by-side, they're even starting to show replays with no explanation of what happened. No explanation of who yep. was in it. No explanation of where it is. That's the other problem. You've got such a zoned-in, small frame. Even on my 75-inch TV, it's still a small frame on the TV. Yeah. They start showing replays, and I still can't figure out what's going on. Even when it is side-by-side, side, you you miss the commentary of it. Because when, when when they come back, you've already seen it. You, you miss that where you're at the track, and everybody stands up and is trying to get a look. Like that that you're, that, heart, that heart racing moment. Mm-hmm. After it happens... You know, you're not able to reenact that. Mike Joy doesn't come back from break and reenact the the thing. It's oh, there was a caution as you saw in side by side. It's like, yeah, yeah, we saw it, and we, you know. Well, the safety uh, net is down on. Joe we'll go back. Car, go yeah. back to the replay coming off of turn three. <laughs> it's like, could you? It's not. It's not. You don't get that. You know, the fire, if you will, when when it happens over the course of a commercial break. Yeah. On radio, you do. I bet you the radio calls were, were fantastic. Well, unless they're in commercial as well. Here's the thing that I like, but I don't like about the radio call. Okay. Because being my old radio station used to be a, a NASCAR affiliate. We used to run the motor racing network. We used to run the performance racing network. You had the way it was set up. I believe it was five network and five local spots per hour. And it was it was one and one. So you would have ultimately eight minutes of play by play. And when and they they were good about finagling, you know, if there's a lull in the action, there's you know something going on, or we're coming up on pit stops. All right. Here Fire we are, the motor net motor racing network, and we're going to the of uh, the national commercials. Come back from the national commercials. Cover pit stops. After the pit stops, you're going to the local break. Those pit stops are only taking two to three minutes. Yeah. So then you're going to the local. Then you're coming back, and you have another eight minutes of coverage. But the thing is, if you're in green flag coverage, and again, they were usually pretty good about this, but if there's something going on, and they're having to get break number five in before the top of the hour, well, they're stopping down. Something happens. Back here at Daytona International Speedway, under caution. Well, shoot! What the heck happened? Yeah, it's even worse, I guess, when you're in when, when you're listening to the radio. Here, too. Dave Moody coming out of turn one. Trouble turn four. Bar- Barney Hall. I mean, God bless him, man. I Barney know, Hall was the greatest. Oh, I know he was. I remember we would be coming home from church, and we'd have the my, my you know we'd crank up twelve sixty WWNDE in Indianapolis, and yep. there it would be. Never did like Joe hey, Moore, though. Hey, this is Barney. I, I don't mind Joe Moore. 
I, I think he's all right, but Barney Hall is is the goat of radio. I think the reason I didn't like Joe Moore is because he looked like one of my old bosses. <laughs> that that might explain it. Think, that, that always sucks, doesn't it? You know, when there's somebody who you really don't care too much for, and you see somebody that reminds you of them, and you, even though they're good, it's like, ah, you know, you don't yeah. feel. I always like the PRN broadcast, though, too. Doug Rice. That whole crew they, over there. You remember they had, uh, in, in the NASCAR Thunder games, they would have MRN Radio partnered up on there. I, even, I, even when they relaunched uh, NASCAR Heat. MRN updates, or yeah. P- PRN PRN did one. Then Alex Hayden took was over in and some did of that, the yeah. the later ones. So I think they, it, it's kind of like the TV broadcast, the radio broadcast. They've done a pretty good job of of promoting each other, even though they're competitions, which makes sense. You're promoting the same the same thing, lit, and lit, neither lit, one of you are yeah. are are broadcasting the same race. Listen to NASCAR on. Whether it be us or them, listen to the sport. Yes, I think that even uh, even TV started to do that a little bit with um, with the NFL and the playoffs. You, yep. you you can watch this on Fox. You can watch this on ESPN. It's like we're all together in this because the media rights are all together in it. You know, everybody gets a piece of the pie, so you don't need to hold it from other people or anything else like that. You know, just watch the sport. Pay well, attention. You've to even the sport. seen some of that starting on uh, in in uh, football broadcasts. Yeah especially with the USFL and XFL, which is really interesting when you do have multiple networks airing the same game. I think you see a lot of that in the USFL. Fox You'll and have, ABC and ESPN all, all involved in, right. in broadcasting multiple here's, games. Here's the one game that you can watch on, on Sunday night, and you can choose. You can watch the Fox broadcast. You can watch the NBC broadcast. Here's what time it starts on all these platforms. Pick your favorite. And you got to wonder. I mean, I wonder what's actually being thought in the network, because you know that's coming down from the actual league. I bet you that there there's a little bit of animosity, but at the same time, with how media rights deals are split up, it it would seem like if everybody gets the same piece of the pie, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You you'd like people to to watch your network, and that's why you provide the better broadcasters and all that other stuff, so to try to enhance that, but and enhance the experience with graphics and all that other stuff. But sure. I mean, in the end, whether it's ESPN, Fox, NBC, people are going to watch NASCAR if they like NASCAR. Now, they might have a feel some type of way about Mike Joy's broadcasting compared to, you know, uh, NBC's broadcasting mm-hmm. and Rick Allen. But, hey, it's Na- it's NASCAR, so I'm going to watch it. Right. It'd be interesting if they did multiple broadcasts of NASCAR. Well, and I kind of like what where, where that would go. NBC, but. NBC kind of did that with us with the MRN partnership. Yeah, where they had um, God, what's his name, Bagley doing the yep, Mike ro- Bagley doing doing the road course stuff with him up at Watkins Glen, and and he 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 was good too. Oh yeah, he was great. Well, you got to figure Mike Bagley. So he, in addition to doing the morning drive on Sirius XM. Yeah, you know he has a regular weekday show, talking, doing, doing exactly what we're doing right now. Yeah, you know he's he does play by play for radio, so yes, he's gonna be good at what he does because he's got to paint the picture. You're driving down the road listening to the race, you've got to have a phenomenal explanation at what's going on on the track, so you can imagine no, it, you can envision it. 
through the S's, you know, the terminology, the 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 bus stop, the chicane, whatever you want to call it. I yep. mean, there's all those different aspects of each, you know, track. The short shoot in Indianapolis, that which doesn't get used anymore. Till next year. Yeah. Daytona 500, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Get, gets the win. And I, you and I were talking off air. I, I think this is going to come up eventually, <laughs> but when we get to playoff time. But I was like, man, you know, I'm. It's cool for Ricky Stenhouse, but this guy's probably not going to break the top 15 much at all this year, and he'll be no. in the playoffs. Of course he will. How do we feel about that? You didn't care as much, I don't think, as as I do. I not not that I. It's life or death, but I will say, if we have a similar situation that we had last year, where say Martin Truex were not to have made the playoffs instead of just sneaking in there, a guy that's more consistent doesn't get in compared to a guy like a Michael McDowell or a Ricky Stenhouse where you know he's getting eliminated in the first round. Well, that's the thing. You're, he's getting eliminated in the first round. And what I would love to see, based on last year, where we got right up to the final weeks, and it's like, ooh, we really could have you know, somebody not make the playoffs because – we had 17 winners, and only 16 drivers are going. Yeah. you know, And I think, I genuinely think we're getting closer and closer to that. Will it be this year? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he's got his win. He's technically in. Last year was as good of a chance, I think, as we'd ever see, though, because of the unfamiliarity with the next-gen car. Yeah, but there's still a lot of unfamiliarity. And there is. Pe- people, people have notes. But there's still a lot of unknowns. There's still a lot of things they're figuring out with these cars. And they're they're, they're so even, if you will. Yes. That even though you do know a lot about them, it doesn't mean that you're going to outperform. And there's so much somebody talent. Who's, somebody who's younger, even a guy. Even an, I mean, Corey LaJoy was in a number of races, actually, doing okay. Yeah. Michael McDowell was doing okay last year. You know, uh, Todd Gillen has been running up front. Harrison Burton is a guy that has been good at super speedways. Who knows how his development continues? I sure. Mean, Ty Gibbs comes in. You know, as you said, the younger guys, but also it gives the Austin Dillons, it gives the Michael McDowells, it gives the Todd Gillens, the, uh, the Eric Jones. Eric Jones was really good last year and really consistent. Yep. It gives those guys more of a chance to be in the thick of it with Hendrick and Penske and all of those cars. I would love to see the point we get to where, I don't know, your your first win qualifies you for the playoffs. And then, let's say you now have a win, but you go on to win another race. Your second place car now qualifies you for the playoffs. Let's get 24 drivers qualified for the playoffs, going into Daytona in August. Make that your wild card weekend. Top 16 make it? Yes. Playoffs? Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and eliminate out of eight, all, eight out of the gate. Out of all places, Daytona. It's a track on the schedule. It is. You have people who are mad, but then then again, if you made it, you'd be happy as I'll get out too. I'm still mad they moved it to to August from July 4th weekend. So you know what? If you're going to do something, you might as well do something with it. Not called the Pepsi 400 such a, anymore. Such I mean, a come pointless on race in in August. I think the the overall vibe of it. I can't remember what the overall ratings were. It was all right for a 500. It wasn't anything super duper spectacular. I just in terms of viewership. I 
I felt like it lost so much. I think I think it has as well. Because last year the talk was the next gen car, and I, I'm I think there's a lot of people even going into this weekend who are disappointed because it's the last Fontana race as we know it, and we know that race was so good last year. Yeah. That I mean, if they, well, you I know, would, it, here's the thing though: would they ever go back to the? Is there any chance that they go back to the two mile, or is there any chance no, that they do they that? No, they already have plans to to build a land uh, landfill and apartment complex. I would be worried if this <laughs> if this year again we have better races at. Are they even racing at Chicagoland? No, it's it's downtown Chicago. At Michigan, are they racing? I think so. Okay, so if we have better races at Fontana, Michigan, Kansas than we do at Martinsville, Bristol, and wherever again. I'd be really concerned about Fontana going to a half mile next year. Sure. Just because it's like, really? I mean, you know, I, I get that this was a move, and going back to the previous gen absolutely made sense. Right. Now, based on what we've seen, if you have two years where the short tracks really aren't— You gave me something else, but you took something away from me. Yeah. So and now the direction you're going in the future, you needed what the old track was like before instead of the new track. Right. It's like it as soon as you switched— it made sense, but the new car fits the old track better than it does the new one. Yes. And there's no going back to that. That That's where I think people are really, not necessarily antsy, but I think that there's a lot of entry going into this year, how the short tracks well, are been, with this car compared to they, how they were last year, which was mediocre. There's been so many, so much talk, you know, uh, uh, going into this weekend. Why didn't they just keep the track? Build Build the short track inside it. Well, that, that was what I thought they were doing until you just said that they're they're fully getting rid. They are getting it's rid of gone. the track. It's disappointing. Very much so. No more Herbie fully loaded. Nope. <laughs> so disappointing. Can tell what you watched on the uh, long road trips. Oh, Herbie. Uh, Herbie. Look, I, I love cars. I, I love. I watched the Love Bug. I you watched. Just, you uh, just Herbie love. Oh, yeah. You just love Lindsay Lohan. I don't even know. I, I, I don't even know what she's doing now. Anyways. <laughs> what, what was the guy's name in there? Uh, the guy driving the Cheetos car. I was, you know, th this is the person who I am. In the movie, for Herbie Fully Loaded, Terry Labonte's in there still driving the five car. I was really pissed off that Terry Labonte did not win that race. I know that Herbie had to win the race because it's a movie, but I was still rooting for Terry in that race. Matt Dillon was in that movie. Trip Murphy. Trip Murphy. There he is. The 86 car, Cheetos car, I think. That car, was, that paint scheme was pretty nasty looking, though. It was, good, like, good. It was nice. I don't know. Then no, Nothing beats the Kellogg's number five car, though. Come on. It doesn't. No. The classic paint schemes, uh, and this is, I don't know if it's this affinity that people have, whether it be football with old school logos or old uniforms. The same thing goes with paint schemes. Nothing is very little beats the Sterling Marlin uh, Coors Light car. Very little beats the Terry Labonte Kellogg's car. Very little beats the. See, I never thought the Sterling Marlin car was. I think it's just iconic because of the red forty. I mean, it was it was just a simple, nice looking car. Nothing beats Jeff Gordon's twenty four. Nothing beats the Bud Eight car. Yeah. N nothing is going to beat the. The twenty eight Havilland. I was gonna say they had the Havilland, the mellow yellow car that Kyle Petty drove. The forty, yep. like like those schemes are sick. Now, not not that they're 
aren't good. Look at the Wood Brothers. There's a reason they basically still run the same paint scheme to this day. Iconic, yeah. I I think that no. I don't know. There's some paint schemes that are good, <laughs> others that are like Chase's Napa car. Oh, we have an updated scheme. No, you don't. It's the same thing with a yellow number on top instead of a blue number. Relax. Yeah. Like the one one that I showed you though, Kyle Busch. This is Lucas Oil car. This eight car. If you guys haven't seen it and you're, and you're listening, go Google or you, you'll see it this weekend. The Lucas yep. Oil car that Kyle Busch is driving. That, that's one of those you say, "Yep, I'm." It's a die cast right there. That's sharp. I still cannot believe that Chase Elliott is part of the Coca Cola racing family of drivers. Yeah, when they showed that during the race, I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, that's kind of weird." Chase Elliott's in there now. He's a Mountain Dew guy, like forever and ever and ever. Hendrick and their hey. their partnership with Pepsi for years and years and years. When you're getting paid money, it's not hard to switch. Uh, I I get it's not that. hard to switch drinking drinks. <laughs> it's a Coke bottle, Jeez. but you don't know what's in it. No, that's the thing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, Fantasy Live NASCAR dot uh, com. You can join our league. We uh, it doesn't matter that we missed one race. You can still hop on and, and join the crew. Jeremy won again. I. I Starting off like he was last year. It's his he, MO. It's what he does. That's fine. And Jeremy used up a lot of good drivers. Go ahead. This week, though, I will say this. I am using uh, a lot of star caliber drivers. Um, let's go through oh, our wow. lineups. I did, I did better than I thought I did. You finished in second, didn't you? Yeah, I thought I finished third. That, that was me. Yeah, uh, no, I see that now. And, and, and I think that you and – I don't know how far you are, but Jeremy, I think Jeremy's up 40 points on me now, and you're – at least I'm, 20, I think. I'm only 20 back from him, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's got 155. Now one, I got 136. You're at 114. And bow tie. Uh, bow at 89. Oh, yeah. That was a rough well, 500. It, it's, it's, again, it's Daytona. Yeah. Which is why you pick drivers that Jeremy did not, and you go with the, the guys who are not necessarily no names, but you go with the guys who run well. My other one, I'm in another league, and I love just saying this. I'm ahead of Brian. <laughs> I love to be able to say that. I'm ahead of Brian. Uh, talk, talk your talk, Big Moose. I, I'm going to, all the way to the end of the season. You met Brian at the SRX race. All the way to the end of the season. <laughs> Heck yes, all the way. Kyle Larson won last year at Fontana. Uh, the only race in the next-gen car. It was, to give you the order, Larson, P1, P2 was Austin Dillon from him, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, Joey Logano, Almarola, Harvick, Kurt Busch, Daniel Hemrick, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Believe it or not. That actually may, and I, I, did, I haven't looked at the results of that. I do have one guy, I think, in my lineup. Yes, that that is, as a matter of fact, inside of that top 10 in particular. And that would be um, one Eric Jones. And I don't know if I don't want to call last year a fluke, a fluky good year, but he he was very consistent all around last year. My lineup is Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Eric Jones in the garage. Okay. And I just think I I want the star power in there. I mean, I I could take Daniel Suarez who was really really good last year at that race. Definitely had a chance to win it. He was right there in the thick of it. He was leading actually, I think. Uh he led Okay, he didn't lead a single lap, but he was there. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so much for that. Tyler Reddick, he was dominating that race. Then he had an accident. That was, that was part of his was, string of uh, 
His string of issues. Well, that's the thing, you know, that, and that's. Do you dare pick him again? <sighs> God, I want to. <laughs> I want to so bad. I really do. I just <laughs> don't know if I can. Here's my lineup sitting right now. Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones, Stenhouse, Suarez, Larson's in the garage. Okay. You said, okay, so Chase last year ran well, had an issue, I think, with his car, and then ended up in trouble. William Byron was in an accident. He had been leading laps. Chris Buescher was up there. Christopher Bell was running pretty good, but they all ended up in accidents. Didn't Suarez end up getting together with Larson, like with two to go? Because Larson was up there running second. He was he was about to win. He was leading. He was about to win that race. Suarez, well, L- L- Larson did win. No, Suarez. Suarez was uh, Suarez was he was going toe to toe. He was neck and neck. And then I think there was some contact in there going into two. And, I remember he got into the wall. And Suarez n- never could. I mean, the, the race was done at that point. Yeah. Chase also, Chase Elliott also called Kyle Larson a stupid mf'er for getting into him. That was a, a funny moment from Radioactive. Yep. Daniel Hemrick started fifth in that race. In the 16 car. Maybe A.J. Allmendinger is a guy to possibly take a look at. Told you. A.J. Allmendinger, as soon as he starts getting hot, he's, he's not going to turn around. He's going to be a contender this year. He's been in the Cup Series as a full-time driver before. He's been great in the Xfinity Series. I'm surprised you didn't take Chastain. Or are you just waiting? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> waiting to go on a string of picks. Yep. <laughs> uh, Matt, matchup-wise, before we pick our winners here, uh, Stenhouse and A.J. Allmendinger, an interesting matchup. It is an interesting matchup. And, and there you go. You know, that's one of those where... Could this be the weekend where the dinger does start dinging wins? I did take AJ. Uh, I took Stenhouse. Stenhouse is in my lineup. I can't go against him. All right. Austin Dillon, Eric Jones. I took Eric Jones. Yeah, I took Jones. Also in my lineup. Bowman and Reddick. I took Bowman. See, I'm taking Reddick. I'm, I'm not putting Reddick in my lineup. My gut tells me Reddick, but for some reason it's, and maybe it's the fact that he's with Gibbs now that that luck will turn around. It's got to. But he was so good for so many races last year and blew an engine or blew a tire. and there's Something always went wrong with him. Yep. Lar- Larson and Chase Elliott. I'm taking Kyle Larson. Uh, see, Larson's in my garage, but I still got to go Elliott. We don't have a single match this week, do we? I don't think so. I, I told you, too, about Chase Elliott. I, I-, I like Ch- Chase Elliott, most popular driver. Something just tells me he's going to have a year that's relatively mediocre. Especially a, a poor year for his standards, but it's going to be maybe one or two wins, maybe. Yep. I don't even think he m- makes the Final Four. I don't know. I just get that feeling. Uh, by, by the way, well, I saw... Final, Final Four is a, a, a tall order. I mean... It is, but he's been there the last two years. Yeah, well... He was, he, was, he was the... It's not a lock. It's not a guarantee. He was the best driver through 20 races last year. Wasn't even close. He had five wins, I think, out of the first 20 races or whatever. He was on fire. Yeah. Then things didn't really go his way and they started to lose it and then they just the mountain dew and changed to coca-cola and that's that's the adjustment they made this year well we'll see if he can w- win another title <laughs> uh i did see this too yeah, that's it's, what it is it's because of the coke a total a side note before we get to the our, our pick for who we think is going to win 
Bubba Wallace on Twitter said, Ryan Blaney just yesterday discovered what Face ID was. And I was like, there's no way. And Ryan Blaney quoted the tweet and said, like, something to the, to, to the effect of, it's amazing what technology can do or something like that. Like, there's no way on earth that you just now found out what Face ID was, Ryan. I could see that, though. Really? Yeah. And Ryan doesn't seem like a guy who's too social. Uh, nor does Chase Elliott. I'll be totally honest. Chase Elliott, it seems like as soon as something happens, he's ready to go to his hall or fly on a plane back to wherever to, to uh, Dawsonville. He's he ready is. To go. He's Dude, ready look, to go. Look at the SRX race at Five Flags Speedway last year. We were still sitting in traffic when he and his dad were already at the airport taking off and heading back to Dawsonville. I don't know how the world they got out of Five Flags Speedway so quick. For some reason, he just, he seems like the guy, I don't want to do interviews. Like, I'm going to try to get out of here and avoid y'all, and I'm going to go home. I, I don't like being in front of the cameras and all that. Small town boy. Joey Logano, I will say, uh, with the new hair, I think, I, I was correct in this. He definitely had, had some some Rogaine, I don't know, something. Yeah. It wasn't like he just colored his hair. That, that. His head is fuller than it once was, <laughs> than it was last year. Plugs. I don't know, something. It, it, I don't know how, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, who do you think is going to win this weekend? Th- this is a. Uh, this is actually relatively tough because I, Kyle Larson seems like an obvious contender, but I mean, the more we learn about the car, is it, are, are we going to see Suarez or somebody? That, that would be crazy if we had Suarez and Stenhouse, the first two winners or something like that. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened, but it... Stenhouse wins back-to-back. No way. See, I'm, I'm going all the way back to, gosh, what year was this? 2013, 2014? Give me the 22. Joey Logano? Drives like old Joey. Ticks off a whole lot of people. Up to and including Tony Stewart, who's not even racing this week. And he's not commentating either. It's Dan- it's Danica, right? Is Danica back there this week? It's weird. They go Danica, Danica, and then back to Tony again, I think. Huh. They can't find anybody else. No. I just bring that up because that old interview with, uh, what was it, Steve Burns? Was Tony Stewart at Auto Club Speedway years ago when, when Joey Legato ran Tony all the way down to the infield on that final restart. That wasn't the race where, where Denny broke his leg, was it? Or, or, or did did whatever he did where he was out? Because I remember there was one he, – he came off the turn and was completely sideways, didn't fix it, and his car just went straight into the – or he slipped the disc in his – like some, I remember he, he got hurt where he could not race again. It may have been. For either the rest of the season or he was out for some time. I don't remember if that was 2013 or not. That may have been the same year. I don't know. For because it came down to the end. I mean, that was one of the better finishes to me. I, I think Denny Hamlin is consistently been good there. I think you can see the eleven in victory lane this weekend. So I can totally see that. That's how we're gonna do it. You, are, are you are you going along? Are you gonna put your foot down like you did last year and say Denny Hamlin's gonna miss the playoffs or Denny Hamlin's not winning a single race this year? Are, are, no, are you, no, I don't okay. think so. You know, and I, I kind of. I think Denny's going to do – I think the uh, the 23-11 team is going to ho- do a whole lot better in general. Um, you know, with the, the comments that he made, I think it's funny still driving for Joe Gibbs and then putting his foot down saying, yeah, we're we're not partnering with Joe Gibbs. We're not taking their, their pit crews. We're not taking their – we're not taking their leftovers. <laughs> we're not taking their garbage. It's like, all right, I can, I can dig that. It's a – 
I don't want to say a new side of Denny, but I'm I'm liking the fact that he's not playing he's uh, turning pushover into t- anymore. He got a podcast and he's starting to right. That but by the way, <clears throat> no partnership with Denny Hamlin, obviously, but his podcast is really good. Yeah, the one that came out post race. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, there's a video I think on YouTube you can find it a snippet where he talks about the pit strategy. And how Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was really not in a spot to win, but the Chevy staying out later in that race really helped Ricky get to that position he needed to be in late after those cautions to win that race. It was really interesting. Of course, it's always more interesting when you hear a driver talk about it, I think, than you and me. Even yeah. though we love talking about it, it's always more well, they're interesting. There. When they're there. They're the ones that doing actually it, yeah. do it. Yeah. We can We can analyze and we can guess. And I did it in the video game, but... Hey, you know, put me in a stock car. We'll see how I can do. Yeah, I'll, I'll go up on the roof and tell you. Hey, doing Tim Bryant, Five Flags, throw throw me in a late model. Do they uh, do the driving experiences down there? I think they still do. I will say this. I probably wouldn't be allowed to, though, because I've never driven a stick shift in my life. Seriously? That, that does not mean I do not know how to do it. I've never driven a real stick shift car. I've driven... Again, the video game, the arcade yeah, no, doesn't no, no, no. count, Drew. But you're still shifting, though. It's a little bit like it. Not fully on. But I, I, I would know what I'm doing. You got to hit the clutch. I, I get it. I do also do have a paddle shifting steering wheel at home. That doesn't count. I, I'm, I'm not driving a McLaren. I, I Do you have a stick shifting car? I don't have one, but my, my dad would not let me get my license before I learned how to drive one. My mom knows how to drive a stick. My dad, I don't know if my dad does. I'm sure he does. My mom, my mom knows how to drive a stick, though. Because They're her, so much fun. Her, her parents, oh well, yeah, that's, that's what Dude, I'm saying. I feel like I... I as would, as a father, I feel so just. Dis- I am so disappointed in you right now, Drew. I, I would love to go and get a like a '69 Mustang that's like two grand with a stick and just drive the freaking wheels off of it. That'd be so much fun. I'm calling Tim right now. Okay, we're gonna put you. I would love that. I would put you in a little Toyota Corolla. Okay, well, <laughs> you're not driving a '69 Mustang. You're gonna okay. learn. You're All gonna right. learn on a little Corolla first. Can I drive on five flags? That's how we're going to teach you. Listen, I'm not telling myself I need to do this, but I'll give you the best dang. We're going to teach you in the gen- parking lot before we let you go on the track. <laughs> I'll give you the best darn gentlemen start your engines. I don't know. I had this one last pl- year. I know you did, but I, I think that you and I should do one together. I mean, come on now. Forget what we do for our regular jobs. Hosts of the Side Draft podcast, Big Moose and, and Drew. Let's set it up. I'm just saying, mine was pretty solid last year. I think you should put me in this uh, race that's coming up in March. The Stars, Star National. I'll, I'll give Ty Majeski a, like, a run for his money. Look, I'm skinny enough. The car's going to go fast. Derek Thorne's coming back. Last year's snowball winner. He's coming back. There's no way look, you, you have a chance. I'm skinny enough. Look, if I can, if I last the whole race, I would be having... If I, if I did a race, and I know we got to go, if I did a race... I would be having the time of my life even if I finished dead last. I would not care. It would be it'd be so much freaking fun. I would be I would be a kid in a candy store. If I could race with those guys, I, I would be I will say this, I would be scared as all get out to not cause an to make sure I didn't cause an accident. Because mm-hmm. they I'm guaranteed I'm going to get lapped. It's going to happen. I'm not necessarily and I'd be I'd be shocked if I was on the lead lap to finish. I'd be I would take finishing gotta, on the lead we lap. We gotta start low totem pole here. If I got if I finished, we got to do tough trucks first. Hundred laps. If I finished six laps down, I'm I'm very happy. 
and I didn't cause an accident. And I can go like 130 miles an hour, 120 miles an hour, whatever it is, going into that turn. Of course, from watching iRacing, I mean, it seems like the track's actually kind of slick down there. Yeah. I, I'd be riding the high I line. I don't know, you, I, dude. You would exhaust yourself. Yo, I'd be riding. I'd be riding the high line at ninety, just content. Like, all right, guys, just keep doing, on, doing the Ross Chastain. Keep on going by me. I would not be doing that. Although, in fi- turn two, in turn two, you wouldn't be able to. Although, fi- yeah, because fi- the wall, the wall goes like that. I was gonna say, Five Flags is not the track to try that at. No, not in turn two anyway. Is it the same way over in turn four? I don't think in turn, but it, it does. No, I think it, it is. It does indent a little bit. So if you rode the wall and just rode the wall, you would go into the inside wall for sure at some point if you kept the steering wheel straight and you just rode the wall. We need to take a field trip. We're calling Tim Bryant. We're taking a field trip on a non-race race weekend. Call Mythbusters, Mythbusters too. Hey, 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 guys, bring a, a janky car. We're going to see the physics of this. <laughs> We're going to wreck a car. I, I'm all for it. Joey Logano. Denny Hamlin. Hey, isn't it ironic that those two names come up together so often? So often. They can't stand each other. We like each other, though, and we like doing this podcast, and we appreciate you for listening. Wherever you find podcasts, it's a Side Draft podcast. We'll recap Fontana and look ahead to wherever the heck we're going next. To where, where is it? I don't know. You got the computer. Yeah, let's take, let's take, take a look. Okay, if NASCAR.com cooperates. <clears throat> There it is, Vegas. Ooh, the neon garage. <laughs> then we go to Phoenix, then we come to Atlanta. For a 400-mile race, not 500, thank God. <laughs> That's going to do it for the Side Draft Podcast. Catch you next time.